Want to learn more about Ahrefs? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials. And their seven-day trial is only $7. So head over to ahrefs.com and sign up now. For instance, when looking at competitors, you can see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. You can find out exactly which keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them out. And then from there, you can either replicate or improve on their strategies to make yourself even stronger. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot -E com slash S-E-J. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Thank you for joining us. This is Danny Goodwin, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal. Today, I'll be continuing our ongoing series, Better Know and SEO Pro. So let's get right to it. Uh, one person in SEO you better know about is Mary Davies. Mary is the president of Beanstalk Internet Marketing. After starting out in web design in 2002, she moved into SEO in 2004, and her focus now also includes user experience and social media. She is currently a contributor to Search Engine Journal and helps manage our Friday focus call. In 2019, Mary was awarded the first ever Search Engine Journal Community Award for all the awesome work she does on Friday Focus. Mary has uh, spoken at industry conferences including PubCon, State of Search, and SMX, among others. You can find her on LinkedIn at Mary at Beanstalk IM or on Twitter at Beanstalk. Here she is, Mary Davies. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Mary, it is uh, great to have you here. Looking forward to talking to you. It's great to be here, Danny. Thanks for having me. For sure. So let's uh, let's let everybody know a little bit about you before we get going. So you're the president of Beanstalk Internet Marketing. So uh, tell us a little bit about Beanstalk. You know what do you guys offer to clients, and what is your focus at Beanstalk? Yeah. Um, well, as most people know, but if you don't know, I run Beanstalk uh, with my partner, husband uh, Dave Davies here. So um, it's a husband wife team. We've got other people who work for us as well, but uh, we kind of head it up together. Um, we offer kind of really it's a mix between the two of us actually and the types of services that we provide because he's really more the technical seo and i'm a little bit more of i don't know i like to just casually call it the people person so um we <laughs> offer everything oh, yeah it's the people person so right. yeah we it's everything from um my my passion 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 is user experience um and then also i work a lot in social media because really social media is all about a user experience. That's really what it comes down to. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so those are services that we do um, offer to our clients um, and anything from a full site audit from the, you know, on the UX side and the technical SEO side to um, your organic SEO services to social media management, um, you name it pretty much, you know, we do it all. Um, yeah. And we're in the we're in the works of rebuilding our website finally. Oh. <laughs> so I, I I would tell people go check it out, uh, but but maybe give it a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 
you know, that's not unique to you guys because, you know, we're always, everybody is like that. It's like the last thing to do is our own websites, I've noticed. <laughs> oh, it totally is. And I got to say, you know, speaking on UX, which is usually what I am speaking on when I'm when I'm at conferences, mm-hmm. um, I, there's always this part of me that cringes for that last slide. Sure. That has my website on it because mm-hmm. I feel like it could just maybe potentially devalue everything I've just said if <laughs> anyone actually goes there. So I always have to have a little disclaimer of like, you know, don't don't judge me by my own website, but <laughs> but please know that I know what I'm talking about. So yeah, yep. but we are thankfully in in the uh, more final throes anyway of getting that rebuild. That is goodness. It's yikes. I want to say we've had that website for about eight years maybe it's mm. it's long overdue yeah. <laughs> long overdue but anyway so yeah uh web design services is not something that we actually offer <laughs> so mm. <laughs> um i did used to though as you as you mentioned that was where i got my start in all of this yep was in web design so uh yeah i i i can do it but things have changed a lot since 2002 so um that was back in the you know hand coding tables yeah, in the wild west <laughs> Nope. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, cool. Anyway, all right. So, uh, yeah. Before we dive in uh, into our discussion, I, you know, obviously, coronavirus is one of the the big things right now. We're just you know several weeks into it now at this point. It's been having a big impact on everyone in our industry. You know, people losing clients and obviously having mental health uh, challenges with the new working circumstances. So, I just want to ask you, like, how are you holding up both professionally and personally? That, yeah, that's like the question of the year, I guess, right? right. It's everybody's having their own sort of unique version of, of this. It's funny because I keep hearing people say, you know, we're in this together. We're all in the same boat. You know, a lot of that. And, and it is true. We are all sort of in this, but I think everyone is having a very individual journey, you know, and they're, they're, I have a client, for instance, who is making gobs of money right now because they happen to be within a space that's benefiting financially mm-hmm. um, from what's going on, you know, and then we have on the flip side of that, which is the vast majority of people um, who are losing sort of hand over fist right now, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's losing clients or, or, you know, losing in investments or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, personally, it, it's been really interesting because I do actually have an at-home office um, and that is my usual sort of space to work in. Mm -hmm. Um, So you would sort of think life would carry on as normal, but I, and I have yet to figure out what's going on because I still feel weird. Like I'm like, everything's just kind of strange, Mm. but I think it, I think it might be in part like my, a lot of my clients, their schedules and their lives have changed and that sort of is having a cascade effect a little bit so mm-hmm. the schedule of life has just kind of gone to mush like it's just there isn't really a monday to friday not that you know i often did work weekends and all of that but but even just that monday to friday everything's just different and the the phone's quieter and the emails kind of come in weird little gluts and so yeah it's sort of there is a bit of a, I'm feeling what my clients are feeling, even if it's not, you know, in some cases, yes, we have lost clients, not because we didn't do good work, but because they've lost their clients, you know, and it's just that, that, that is the way of how things are going right now. And, and um, yeah, but you're feeling sort of, I get to sort of almost experience a portion of what my clients are experiencing, just even in the way that we're communicating with each other and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's different. It's, it's something feels off about it, right? It's, you know, but, 
but yeah, I feel very fortunate because, you know, well, we have lost some clients to this. And I say that loosely because, you know, they've really stayed clients. They're just having to, to pause. Right. And, and we totally recognize that that's just, you know, part of what's having happened. But um, we've made the decision to sort of keep on top of things just sort of, you know, without cost to them as much as we can, because nobody's going to benefit from closing the door on a person who's already had all the doors closed. Right. So, so yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people are just having to give and share and do what they can for each other. And we're trying to be a part of that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's pretty tough right now. So I was wondering, I mean, obviously things are kind of dark right now, but is there anything maybe that you see as being a positive that could come from this or like just, I don't know. I, I feel like I, there are some ex unexpected lessons that we're all learning through. So I don't know if the, anything has sort of popped out for you. Yeah, I do actually think, I think that there is a positive for sure to be had in it. And it's, it's always hard because we always have to look for that. Right. right. But um, fun fact, I used to do some acting. Um, I, I did film acting and TV acting stuff for a while and nothing notable, but I did a lot of acting courses and stuff. This does tie to what you're, you're talking about, but one of the, um, one of the exercises we often worked through was finding the humor in every moment. Mm -hmm. And in some of like the best movies that you've ever seen, you'll, you'll see an actor sort of discover that sort of joy or oddity or humor, whatever it is in like the least likely places. Mm -hmm. And um, it's because that is like truly one of the most human elements that we have. And it's what makes something real as a viewer watching a film. Um, one of my favorite, moments in steel magnolias did you ever see that movie yes it's kind of a chick flick but you know so there's there's a moment um when when uh sally field is is well, the mom of julia roberts right so she's she's um at the funeral and she has this moment where she just starts like freaking out about her hair did look like a football helmet, you know, cause her daughter had said that about it, her hair and she just starts screaming and yelling and all of her best friends start laughing so hard. And it's like this really incredibly tragic, horrible moment. And this amazing humor and life comes out of it. And, and it's what draws you. Like I get goosebumps even like describing the scene. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes, that's what makes it this human element that when I'm watching it, I get pulled into. And it's because there is always that sort of, there is an element of joy and good in even the dark, dark, dark times. And I feel like there is that in this for sure. I'm watching, I don't know, like I, I'm finding people just, there's more families together and there's mm. people slowing down, you know, like we live on a road that it's not like a major highway or anything. It's a, it's a fairly busy road though, where I live and the, traffic has just calmed down but there's so much more people walking by and mm. there's you know instead of hearing like it sounds kind of like overly sort of dramatized poetic but in here instead of hearing like cars whizzing by i'm hearing like families laughing mm. and so there is there's sort of like the world slowed down a little bit mm -hmm. well a lot yep the world has slowed down a ton and i even though i have a lovely backyard to sit in i walk across the street there's a baseball field across the street for me and I go and I sit on the bleachers every afternoon, sort of end of the work day. And there's usually like a dad and a kid playing like catch or something or something happening like that. But it's just like this ability to sort of find joy in moments that I 
typically wouldn't be a part of. I would mm -hmm. just sort of be, what's the next thing? Hop in the car, drive downtown, go to, you know, the next place, next place. So yeah, there's mm -hmm. a slowing down mm -hmm. and there's a kind of a coming together, even though, you know, we're all apart, there is like the, the home units, the family units are sort of coming together and, and I'm witnessing it and that feels good to me Yeah, to sort of see that. So, yep. yeah. Cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your areas of expertise. We'll start with user experience. Um, so just before we start the conversation, I figured it'd be good just to get everybody on the same page. So how do you define UX and why it's important? And how does UX play into SEO rankings and conversions? Okay. That's a big question. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so for user experience, like is it self-defines it's you know like it is self-defined defining it it is the experience that a user is having mm -hmm. quite simply put um i do like to 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 make a clear sort of line though um between usability and user experience because some I, I find that those terms get switched around a lot and usability is different that's when we're talking about you know um compliance with you know uh working with disabilities and that sort of thing and and that's a totally different space and that is not what what um i work in and that is not my expertise um kim krausberg does that she's sort of my go-to whenever people come to me and ask me for help with usability that's where i send them mm -hmm. um because that's not what i do uh and there's a much more technical sort of side to that than there is on the user experience side so ux is really about what the user is experiencing when they're interacting with you, uh, whether that's your website or your storefront or your social media presence or whatever, um, it's all there's a user experience involved in that. Um, so my focus is not storefront, <laughs> but in in a lot of cases, some of the clients that I work with, there is sort of a tying together between their social media presence and their website and their storefront if they have that brick and mortar shop, mm -hmm. um, and making sure that that same experience is sort of being carried across all of these different um, borders. Um, but it's really just being aware of how the user is interacting and experiencing what you're trying to offer to them and making sure that they are having that be positive and easy to navigate. And um, user experience doesn't necess necessarily mean positive. <laughs> it's It can be bad. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, I guess I am a good user experience uh, uh, professional. Yes, I'm, that's always my goal is to try and um, improve the user experience. And we all, there's, it's, it's one of those things that never has, an end to it because mm. the the way that people the way that people even um, interact with what you're offering them changes as our culture changes and as you know technology changes and all that so it's a constant there's never really a set it and forget it um, which is exceedingly why I need to update my website <laughs> but but yeah so it's it's really about keeping up with what you know, what is even changing culturally? And it can be everything from the wording that we're using to the um, interface that, you know, we're using to the the language and the colors and the imagery and all of that. So um, it's the full sort of full scope of, of what each person is sort of going to encounter when they're when they're trying to communicate in, in on whatever platform 
with your brand. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's that's kind of I love I love doing. It. It's actually a little bit more of I guess a psychological sort of game as opposed to a technical mm -hmm. um, game. You know, sure. Um, there is there is you know obviously technical elements that very much come to play, but um, ultimately what the user is experiencing is is really not about the technical element in their mind. You know, if you have a really slow site they're not going to go, oh, wow, they really should look into like the back end here and see what's going on. Is it their host or is it, you know, a mess in their code or like what? That's not what they're going. They're just going, ugh, that's slow. And then they move on. Right. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so that's, that's the area that I'm sort of passionate about and focusing in on and, and what the UX thing is all about, really. Okay. And I, I know the, I, I, I forget what show is that, but I believe I saw you doing a presentation on that about whether UX plays into, you know, how Google ranks sites. So um, yeah. I, know, I know that it took you like probably an hour to explain this, but is there like sort of a shorthand <laughs> for just, shorthand. Like, you know, sort of like the cliff notes of like, you know, do you think, just do you think that user experience somehow plays into the way that Google ranks sites? Um, that's a good question to put. You're like, I'm going to yes and no this. Uh, yes <laughs> and no. How's that for an answer? So yeah. yeah it, you know what that technically is? It depends. It depends. Yeah. So <laughs> this is, Dave and I actually have sort of a joint session that we have rebuilt a few times over and presented a few times over at different, um, different conferences and it's always sort of a hot topic and there's always, a, you know, a lot of questions to be answered, but ultimately my favorite sort of takeaway to give people is you win either way, right? So developing a good user experience, let's pretend that it doesn't play any role in, in your site's ranking. Mm -hmm. um, you, you should do it anyway. Right. Your 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 conversions will be higher. Your everything is going to be better if you do it. Um, if you pay attention to having a good user experience, so it's a win win guaranteed. I I guarantee that you aren't going to lose rankings mm. due to a good user experience. Right. Um. So now that said, I'm going to put a grain of salt in here. That said, whenever I do do a UX audit. I always recommend implementing the changes slowly to watch what does change and how things do move. Um, because especially in some websites, if you're doing really, really rash, big changes, you do want to feel it out. And, you know, like if you're chopping 90% of your content off of a page, for example, mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that, you know, like, oh, and, and, and in that case, I wouldn't say let's put that content back there, but it might be a, well, let's, you know, do we need to, build out another portion of the site to make sure that we're not sort of losing, you know, that offering that we had there. Um, but ultimately, you know, the end goal is always what's on a page to have a true purpose and it should be clear and easy to find. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't have content for content sake ever. Um, but to get back to your question, uh, yes, there are definitely some indicators that a good user experience does improve your rankings. Those indicators, though, are always going to fall back on technical elements as well. So site speed, for example, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you have a slow loading site, that's a bad user experience. Um, and also Google doesn't really particularly like that. We're looking at mobile friendly, mobile friendly sites always are, you know, have a faster load time. Mm -hmm. And um, they have 
more minimal content as opposed to some of the old school, really, really heavy, heavy content sites and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's not a hard and fast yes or no. This is why we do, yeah, hour long sessions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with like a lot of different sort of points yeah. um, to be made yes. uh, along the way. There, you know, there are some some examples that we've shared um, and I actually on my LinkedIn profile, um, there there is a link through to a couple of the sessions that I've done mm -hmm. um, on this. Um, the slide decks are in there. So if people wanted to check that out, um, it's in, I think, in my publications. Oh, um, we can add I have that to, the, to our recap post for people too. So yeah, sure, because yeah. yeah. that's in there. And you know, always, I always say, you know, remember that things change quickly. So you know, what I said five years ago isn't necessarily true today. Sure. But a lot of a lot of those elements actually do um, hold up. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that I, you know, when I first built this presentation, which I think was a good five years ago, the first iteration of it. Um, I've kept most of that same stuff in this presentation. <laughs> I've just sort of, you know, tweaked things along the way, but um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of the good UX sort of stuff. So it, it, it it's reliant on having a good navigation structure at play and it's, it's reliant on um, having content that is very clearly purposed for whatever it is that you're trying to send as a message on each page. Mm -hmm. um, it's reliant on having great page titles, um, having, you know, relevant imagery and offerings that, you know, back up whatever that specific page is about. All of these things that we know are sort of like Google approved, <laughs> um, you know, that's where, where good UX is sort of built sure. um, and then you can bring into you know eat and there's always that question is eat a ranking factor yes and no again right you know so technically no it's not a ranking factor according to google right um however it is you know basically the qual quality rater guideline says that that's what they look to when you know it, it, it it's it, it's all semantics, <laughs> you know, so, so, so yeah, so it's just like, really, honestly, like, unless you're, unless for some bizarre reason, the perfect user experience on your website is a blank page with nothing on it, um, you know, you, you should be ranking well with, with, a, with a site that's got, you know, good UX elements at play, so. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if I said to you, like, who's doing a great job with UX right now? Is there is there a particular website that might pop to mind that, you know, someone hmm. who's really nailed delivering an awesome user experience? That is interesting. You know, it's funny because I, I have a tendency because of the work that I do is I nitpick a lot. That's hmm. what I do. I always find what's like wrong yeah. <laughs> as opposed to, you know, what's right. Sure. Um, but and I'm often looking from the eye of you know competitors from from my clients. So it's interesting because I can't really say something like off the top of my head. But what I could say is, you know, I was I, I did some work um, a UX audit on a, a for a client um, kind of recently ish. Anyway, they they have this really complicated sort of they sell like velcro ties and things and like clips and very like random stuff and really technical like names like you know product names with like lots of numbers and not an exciting um 
thing to sell sure. um, and lots of technical information about, you know, this clip goes with that and this tape goes to this and you can buy this on these rules and da, 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 da. Anyway, they had just a ton of information on every page and they, they were sort of approaching things from the standpoint of, you know, the more old school, like you have to have lots of content and it has to be at the top of the page mm -hmm. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But their conversions were just absolutely horrendous because, you know, you'd click through and you just get hit with this like bomb of boring, confusing, <laughs> overwhelming right. text. Mm -hmm. So, so in their case, and you know, I, I'm not going to be the one to say that, you know, Amazon has some work to do on the UX front, but Amazon does have some work to do on the UX front. Sure. That said, they're not hurting. They're mm -hmm. doing pretty okay. You know, last we all checked. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I use them sort of as, as an example of, of a way that you can still have really sort of very specific information a lot of it is boring especially if you're looking up like electronics or something on amazon and and present it in a way that is digestible mm -hmm. um and the content doesn't all have to be right at the top let's put some images in there let's get you know somebody mm. pulled in so yeah there's a lot of you know space to to improve it, but there always is as i said off the top of the you know top of this there's always there's always room to improve but you know yeah as far as like selling products i think amazon has that figured out and it's it's there's always a reason why the top dogs are the top dogs so i always tell clients that you know if if you can look at who is it that is you know the name the 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 big guy whatever not just like that they win as the brand name but look at who's ranking you know in the top 5 or whatever um see what they're doing because there's a reason why they're there. <laughs> and you don't necessarily have to copy them, but you can certainly use that as inspiration. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, whoever your main competitors are, go over, take a look, you know, put it under the microscope and see what they're doing that you're not. Um, and usually, depending on, you know, how big they are, but usually they will have a better user experience than you. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also in part because they'll have more money than you probably too. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, which I always say that to people, you know, you have to, you have to decide what you can do with the budget you do have and, mm. and figure out, you know, where you're best to put that budget. But mm -hmm. I think UX is a really good place to put money because you can, you know, you can put all your budget into ads and then have people come to your site and not convert. So I would put the money to the UX before the ads personally. Mm-hmm. If I want to measure uh, user experience in terms of metrics, uh, what are some, you know, some areas I should be looking at to see if, you know, there, there are areas where I should be improving? Um, as, to, as, as far as measuring it, <laughs> measuring whether your, you know, your UX is improving is really based on what your goal is. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I, I always say this to people with, you know, when I'm doing like paid advertisements and stuff as well, and you know, whether it's on social or Google or whatever, is, is what is a conversion to you? Right. A conversion is something different to everybody. Uh, the value of that is different to everybody. So, um, really, that you know, it's hard to say this is what I what I would use as the gauge. But it would just be: did we, you know, is our idea of a conversion in, improving, increasing? And so that might be, you know, a longer time on site. It might be more signups for a newsletter. It might be an increase in sales. Um, it, 
basically you have to pick what it is that you're looking for mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, set up to measure that. But um, ultimately, yeah, like you should see an improvement in your overall, whatever your end goal is. So I would say that the metrics I'm looking for are similar to what I would be looking for when I was, when I'm doing a paid campaign. Um, and then, you know, sometimes there's always side too, where we're, we're actually looking to sort of use the UX in hopes that that's actually going to also improve the organic rankings. Um, to be honest, I don't have a lot of people coming through and going, I want to improve my improve my organic rankings, so I want to do a UX audit. It doesn't usually work that way. Um, it's sort of alongside, right? So mm -hmm. we'll do a technical and an, and a UX sort of you know together. But um, ultimately, yeah, you're, we're going to want to see an improvement in whatever we've set as our conversion goal. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's uh, yeah. shift over to SEO for a minute. Um, I was curious, um, are there any SEO tactics uh, that seem to be working well right now for you, your clients, um, that maybe you could share with us? Um, I would say that it's funny because, I, you know, as much as I said, I, I hesitate to go, UX is all about, you know, rankings. But I would say that the one thing that I am seeing, um, like, it's a black and white, an improvement in in rankings for, for a good number of our clients, those that we've had the ability to get in and work on improving the UX on their site, we are seeing huge gains. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a combination of stuff, right? It's not just, we're not just going, oh, I'm going to like add another buy now button here and I'm going right. to decrease maybe some of the clutter or put in a better photo or whatever. Like it, it's it's really, we're, we're kind of approaching a lot of different um, sort of areas at the same time. But um, yeah, we're seeing massive improvements on those sites where really we're cutting content like crazy mm. and really focusing the content on um, less is more and very pointed and very specific um, sort of with the purpose of, am I giving you what you need and nothing more? Um, so it's funny because a couple of years ago I started, you know, begging a couple of our long-term clients to let me do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were so scared. They were so scared, you know, and they're people who, you know, clients who have been with us since back in the days of like, you know, we're keyword stuff and everything and like mm -hmm. Lincoln, you know, like we've got like, oh, it was just terrible. It was horrible. You know, I look back and I cringe, but it was what everyone was doing. And so that's right. what we did, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and so, yeah, so that's the one, one area where I can see a clear and hard just improvement um, going in and, and just like cutting, the, cutting the content back, organizing the content really well. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really key element that I think a lot of people could benefit a lot from is a good organization of the content. Um, that seems to be really beneficial. Um, I'm using a lot of bullet points and, um, uh, I do sometimes use like uh, accordion boxes and stuff, but I, I tend to try not to do that because that usually is a, to me, that's like, you've got too much on the page probably, mm. but FAQ pages and stuff, you need to, you need, you do need to do that. But, sure. um, but yeah, no, clearly um, cutting. Yeah. And then, you know, titles, like uh, titles is, it's pretty old school, but it's really good, relevant to the point, truthful titles mm -hmm. and descriptions, you know, like just, yep. It's it's basic stuff, but yeah. it's amazing how many people don't 
take the time, you know, to just address that. But ultimately, you know, Google wants to provide the user with what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And it's our job as SEOs to provide that content. And I think more and more and more, um, the algorithm is shifting to those pages that can show that the user's intent query was fulfilled. And, um, you know, there's that debate over like the, you know, click and bouncing and all that stuff and, you know, how that all plays into it and what mm -hmm. messages, you know, Google might be picking up from that. But ultimately, um, and Dave actually does a little piece of that in one of our presentations, sort of showing the um, the different, you know, ways that that potentially Google could view the bouncing back and forth and and, and whatnot in, in the SERPs. But, um, but ultimately, yeah, what we want to provide is is the answer. And um, to do that, you need to be clear. Users are really, really inherently lazy. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. I don't, as soon as I hit, like we've all been there, right? You get an email in your inbox that's like really long. You're like, I'll do that later. Yeah. <laughs> but, if, but if it's like really clear, got like three bullet points, you know, you're like, oh, I can do this right now. And in the same way that, you know, we interact with those emails is the same way that we interact when we're online. And if I hit a page that gives it to me, bang, there it is, nothing more. You know, if there's more to be said, offer the user a way to get there for sure. But but um, yeah, I am seeing a huge improvement in rankings for clients when we are cutting the content back to what actually is needed for the user based on the query that would land them on that page. Right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. sort it is basic stuff, but yeah, nailing the basics sometimes is the most important thing you can do. Um, it really is. Yeah. I think sometimes people are looking for like a trick, and I'm like, right. the, the trick is to be what people are looking for. Yeah. That's it. That's like, the hardest part too. <laughs> painfully simple. Yep. And it is, and you know, and it's true. It is really, really hard, especially yep. when you're used to looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, if you have been looking at your child its whole life, it's always going to be beautiful to you. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. <laughs> you love it. Yep. And the stranger across the room might be like, oh, have you seen that baby? <laughs> Not so pretty, you know? So sure. it's, yeah. You, it's hard to sometimes take that step back and see what a user is seeing. So I've always been a big fan of, you know, human testing. And um, there's lots of um, services you can use to to sort of get that. And but like there's the three second test and human testing. Uh, I think it's I, I was trying to think there was I, I don't know if it was the if it used to be called like the mother test or the grandmother test or it'd just be like you sit down with a family member who knows nothing about the website and try and get them to figure out. You know, can they tell you what the site is about within, you know, five, 10 seconds? That's what, yeah, the, like the three second testing yeah. is like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, um, it's so useful to just mm -hmm. have, you know, those, somebody else's eyes. For sure. And, um, to, and it's really helpful to look, um, to, to look to other places to, to sort of go, you know, cause we have a preconceived idea of what people we think people are looking for. Oh, yeah. And it's really easy. You know, you can go into like keyword explorer or something like that. And you very quickly can, can be, can sort of reassure yourself that what you're thinking people are looking for is what they're looking for with, with a tool like that. Not to say that that's a bad thing to do, but, but it doesn't really often give you sort of a different perspective. And so, yeah, if you can sort of look outside, um, 
sort of yourself and your agency and your business and the people who already know who you are and go, oh, what, how would they maybe look for us? How would they, like Answer the Public is a fantastic source for that mm. to sort of just see like what are other people, like what's related to this and, and what what's sort of, what are some queries that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of? And it's also a great way to um, find content ideas and stuff like that. But um, it's really easy to find sort of uh, sort of outside of your box ideas and and thoughts about the way that people could look at things. And mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's shift gears to another area of uh, focus for you, which is social media. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, right now things are a little different than just a couple months ago. So I don't know. Maybe uh, for anybody who is trying to manage social media during the, the pandemic, uh, do you have maybe any advice or do's and don'ts for people? in terms of tone or messaging or just what they should be doing uh, right now on social media? Um, yes, I, so the, the initial sort of shock, I guess, of coronavirus, like sort of coming out and all of a sudden everybody as a brand, we all got, how many of us got like 20 emails from all of a sudden you're like, Oh, those are, all of the lists I'm on, you know, Walmart sending me like a message from the CEO or whatever. And I was like, I didn't know I was on a Walmart <laughs> email list, but, yep. um, but on social, you know, we saw a lot of that and it was all of a sudden there was this sort of push for every brand to be your best friend and mm -hmm. show that they cared and, and all of that. And, and I think that's great, but I did definitely see some fails in that. Um, one of them, actually I wasn't super happy with was was a client that that I had and I did not love the post that they decided to put up mm -hmm. um, so that was hard mm -hmm. you know but they were really they were really responsive and it was great and you know I called and I was like hey you know maybe we should you know talk about what how this could be misread mm -hmm. um, and and so and and then we did sort of you know they did agree to take that down and then we changed up the messaging a little bit but um yeah there's a really delicate balance of and this is actually true outside of coronavirus as well but even more so i think with coronavirus is there's always this delicate balance on social media as a business um to be everybody's friend there's a reason why we call it friends on facebook you know um it's a social space it's supposed to be about emotion about connecting um all of that but at the same time you're still very much a business and it's why they can be like i love you so much you're the best and heart and reaction everything mm -hmm. and then on the flip side send you a message and be like you suck or leave a review you're terrible i want all my money back blah 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 so they expect a brand um, a business to sort of behave as their best friend, but also as just sort of this, you know, the evil corporation. And um, with the coronavirus, that's been the struggle I think I've seen most companies go through is that ability to sort of reassure and say, we're here for you and we understand you're struggling, but also not get too personal and too close because there's a lot of pushback to that. And I've seen, you know, people go, I can't believe, you know, you would say this because I'm struggling and you're a big corporation. And so you're the evil guy and mm -hmm. you're making money and I lost my job. And so it's really just about balancing that, that message very carefully. And, you know, this is really when having some outside feedback is very helpful, you know, throw it, 
past a couple of your best friends or or get them to put it past some of their friends, you know, a couple more steps away and go, if you saw this, you know, mm-hmm. what would you think? And it's funny, I did I did that with this one post that that uh, this client had put up and uh, my son actually came in and he looked at it and, he, and I didn't actually ask for his opinion. It was just up on my screen and he said, oh, that's cringy. Oh. <laughs> that was just like the immediate. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So <laughs> what I thought, you know, would be the response was, but mm. um, there is definitely, yeah, a heightened sort of sensitivity that as as businesses and brands we need to to have. And a lot of patience, you know, I'm watching people's emotions running very high right now. There's a lot of people under a lot of stress and strain. And um, I handle, um, on a few clients, I handle their um, direct messaging and um, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And that's often where people go when they're upset, you know, and have a mm-hmm. thing or two to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, the patience of people is running really low. Yeah. I'm noticing that, you know, if, if a, shipment is delayed they're very angry about it um and it's it's sort of you know it's that cascade effect again it's like the shipping itself is all backed up it's not the fault of my client that that shipping is delayed it's not really even the fault of fedex or whoever it's just the system is slowed down right and but then that customer is feeling that pressure of not having that product that may or may not you know be like in you know one case off the top of my head is is a is a key ingredient in a product that they're creating that they want to be selling so that they can make an income. Mm-hmm. So it's just this like the the emotions are big, the the stakes are high, everyone's feeling the pressure and crunch. So it's all that much more important to as a brand, you know, in, in this case you know, my client has me as sort of the buffer, which is good because I, you know, as much as I am absolutely invested in my client, it's not my company. So I can, I can take that little bit of a step back and be able to respond calmly collected, you know, sort of supportively without feeling personally, you know, affected by it. Whereas if it were my client stepping in, they might Oh, well, I'm working as hard as I can. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was in the warehouse till midnight last night. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's, yeah, it's really important to, if you're not able to do it, and this is true across the board, but especially now, if you as a business owner are feeling that pressure, um, it, it's important to take that pause and try as hard as you can to go okay i'm feeling pressure i'm feeling stressed i'm overworked i'm under pressure these people are too Mm -hmm. and so we're all feeling that and so never once in my life have i ever seen reacting work well (laughs) Mm -hmm. you have to take the pause you have to take a moment to respond you're better off to set that message aside and come back to it in an hour as opposed to having an immediate reply if that's what you need to take to get sort of, you know, your emotional reaction out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that's all focusing on if things go bad, you know, on the flip side of that, I'm seeing a lot of really good community support and love and, you know, tons of people like, you know, I've got one client who is just killing it. You know, they're getting everything out super fast. Everything's going awesome. Mm. And their community is just like, you know, thank you so much. And we love you so much. And the reviews are just glowing and it's fantastic, you know? So 
and we're seeing more of them that than we normally would. We're seeing people leaving reviews going, you know, in these really tough times, it was so great to have somebody, you know, be mm. so supportive and so helpful, blah, blah, blah. So nice. the emotions, the emotions are high on both sides, For you sure. know, whether they're good or bad, it's all been sort of exaggerated, I guess, by what's going on. Mm -hmm. For sure. Want to learn more about Ahrefs? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials. And their seven-day trial is only $7. So head over to ahrefs.com and sign up now. For instance, when looking at competitors, you can see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. You can find out exactly which keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them out. And then from there, you can either replicate or improve on their strategies to make yourself even stronger. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into your origin story. Um, so what did you, uh, before you got into SEO, what was sort of your uh, work or career path? What sort of got you um, down into the SEO world? Um, okay. Yeah. So I was, I was going into social work, which is not really what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, although there is still that human element, right? So I, sure. you know, sometimes I think like, oh, I went, I strayed so far, but I didn't really, you know, I'm still very much working with people and it's all really about people and improving people's lives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was, I was, uh, my sort of career trajectory was to go into social work. Um, and I was in school and I was actually working at a methadone clinic. Um, and I was the administrator at a methadone clinic, which was, you know, as you can imagine, a little bit, uh, it was, well, it was, it was entertaining. It was sad. It was mm -hmm. <laughs> exciting. It was scary. Like there was all sorts of all of the things, right? It mm -hmm. was a pretty draining job, but it was also incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, you know? So, um, that's where that's where I was going and working specifically with addictions was what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, when I believe it was when my youngest was a baby. No, when my youngest was about two. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, how old? Right. Yes. OK, so it was around when my youngest was about two. Um, I decided that I just really needed to be at home. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I just, I, I really wanted to be home with them. Our, our youngest son was, you know, experiencing some challenges and, and um, I needed to have a little bit more flexibility. And uh, so I was like, what am I going to do? And uh, I decided to do web design. I was not technically inclined at all. Um, I still really kind of in a weird way am not, to be honest. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like whenever I get a new phone, I'm like, oh, Dave, figure this out for me. Tell me when it's all set up. You know, like I, <laughs> it's not really, I don't like, you know, that I hate, you know, lots of people love to build a PC. I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh God, like, tell me when it's ready to go. I'm good, you know? And whenever we like get a new tool, I'm like, 
mm, do I really want to learn about it? Or do I want to just like have some, I just, yeah, it's funny because it, 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 in some ways that sort of more technical side was really not for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of thought it was funny that I decided to go into web design. I didn't even have a computer at the time. Like when I was in school, I would go to my sister's place and borrow hers. So mm. it was just really out of out of the ordinary for me. And um, that was like long ago. And then Dave had his, you know, Dave, Dave, Dave obviously was was a a computer buff, but um, he was always trying to sort of get me on that train, and I was just like not having it. But yeah, web design just seemed like a really good option because it was creative and I could work from home and it seemed like it would be something that that you know Dave was at the time working not at not at home but I I would be obviously in this mm -hmm. case um and uh I thought you know it might be something that maybe we would work together with you know at some point and I didn't know at that time, you know, that that would be sort of what we ended up doing. But um, yeah, so I ended up doing that. I went to school for uh, web design. It was one of those like super crazy fast, like 10 month programs, came out, started a small business. Um, and then Dave at the time, actually, he was working at a hosting company mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, was I think he was at a hosting company at the time. Yeah. And he was sort of dabbling in SEO, mm -hmm. um, but not full time at that point, if I remember correctly, but he would sort of come in and work his SEO magic mm -hmm. <laughs> on the sites that I was designing. And this is going back, you know, like we're talking 2002 here. So like, mm -hmm. this was like the heyday of really, you know, we would all really frown upon a lot of the tactics that we were using at the time. Mm -hmm. And so he would come in and he would completely like, just like wreck everything. <laughs> like I would make this beautiful site and then he would do his thing. And I would be like, Oh my gosh, like that is so hideous. <laughs> everything was like an H one. And you know, it was like, just like links, just text links everywhere <laughs> and just, Oh, it was horrible. It was just awful. Mm -hmm. anyway so yeah so that was um i put up with that for about a year <laughs> <laughs> and then i decided that uh maybe i should figure this out myself so that i didn't have to get him to touch my stuff anymore mm -hmm. um so yeah so i sort of started to look into like the seo side of things as well and at that point dave actually was then working for an seo company full time mm -hmm. um and then i started sort of you know i just kind of learned as he was sort of bringing at home um and and learned on my own to some degree as well and then 2004 uh we were in new york he was actually working he was there with uh, the company he was working with at the time. And we were there and we were sort of talking about, you know, sort of long-term goals and what we wanted to do. And and it just sort of like hit us like middle of the night, Times Square. We were walking down the middle of the Times Square. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of had this like, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should like do this. You know, we, we, we can start our own company and um, throw caution to the wind and see what, ha see what happens. So uh, that's actually where our name came from. There was, mm -hmm. There was a um, a building in Times Square. I think it was a bank or something, and it had some sort of art installation thing. It was a big giant beanstalk on the exterior mm -hmm. um, corner of the building, and I have a picture of it I took at the time on an old school camera. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but and that was actually yes. Yeah, so we sort of 
decided to start our company and saw this bean stock and named the company sort of overnight. And uh, yeah, so that that's the that felt like a long story. <laughs> yeah. It's an origin but that's story. The story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it sort of it, it came from wanting to be able to be at home with my kids sure. and. And a very technically not inclined person ended up in the tech world. So here I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so you're in 2004, you know, it's just an idea at this point. Did you, like, could you have imagined that, you know, Mary in 2004, would she be thinking, wow, we'll still be doing this in 2020? Or like, did you sort of have this, like, you know, we want to do this for a long, long time? Or has it just sort of happened? Honestly, I think like it, I don't know that I could even see that far ahead. Like mm -hmm. I, I think that when we started it, it was the intent absolutely was to that that would be it. Like I do, I do think that that was the intent. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, though, you know, looking back, I'm like I had no idea what I was getting. Into. Sure. sure. <laughs> so you know, it was a little bit of a. It's been a learning curve, you know, like. I'm still learning, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't like, a, oh, I'm going to start a company and boom, there it was. Right. It was, it was a little bit of, of a process for sure. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I think I'm surprised sometimes at where I am in it. You know, I was always, um, tended to be a little bit, not really in the forefront. And that was, in part because I, you know, I was at home with the kids as well, um, more so than Dave was at the time. And and their youngest son did need a lot of supports, you know, through school and that sort of thing. So my ability to to be as present in the company right from the the beginning wasn't as much there as it was for Dave. So Dave was definitely, you know, more the face of the company for a really long time. Sure. Um, and, you know, having two young kids, you can't both go to conferences and all that. So once in a while I would, you know, I'd go to, um, was it the, oh, in New York used to have the, um, was it the certain strategies? Conference? SES, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, that, that was what it was. So yeah, like, you know, I went to, that conference a few times over but not as a speaker sure. more as you know tag along and um not even really a tag along i guess that's not a fair statement but i would come sort of as you know just to be there yeah. um as opposed to speaking and um it was you know it was a different world even then though there weren't as many women in the industry oh, yeah. for sure mm -hmm. you know carolyn uh carolyn shelby was around and cindy crumb was around and um um, oh, try to, I'm going to start naming people and then miss people anyway. Jill <laughs> Whalen, um, you know, there were quite a few people that were, you know, there, but it was definitely much more of a guy's world. Like, you oh, know, yeah. we go to conferences now and there's just as many women speakers almost as there are men, yep. which is really cool. Yeah. But I did feel a little bit like a fish out of water at times. And especially, you know, especially in those earlier years where I, I really was like, I, I wasn't always like the tech nerd and I was surrounded by all the tech nerds and I did feel a little bit awkward, you know, like I didn't really fit, but, um, but yeah, over time sort of as the, our kids grew and I got to have more ability to be, you know, more hands-on and here all the time and now <laughs> kind of nonstop. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've 
you know, I'm speaking at conferences and, 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 um, very involved in the community and, uh, I would never have seen that coming. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that I had, this is going to sound stupid, but like the bravery to do it because it's terrifying to me. Every time I go up on stage, I'm terrified, you oh, know, sure. it's, mm -hmm. it's, some people love it. Like, you know, Dave is just like, he's pumped. He's like the boxer going into the ring when he goes up <laughs> on stage. And I'm just like looking for the nearest exit, you know? So, um, yeah, it's that, you know, going back to 2004, if you had said, you know, you're going to be speaking at, you know, a number of conferences every year and doing podcasts on SEJ and right. <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff, I never in a million years True. would have predicted that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but it's great. Yeah, it is. Um, and so let's see if you could sort of go back to the, back to the beginning and redo one thing about maybe how you built Beanstalk or just anything along the way. Like, is there anything that you think you would change and why? Yeah. The, the one thing I would do, I, I think there's only one thing that I think I would do differently. And that would be, um, as a business owner and manager, sort of team manager, I think, you know, I've learned a lot over the years. Um, I think that, you know, looking back, I had a really hard time. I still do. This is a personal challenge. I still do. I wouldn't say that, you know, it's just in the past, but I have a really hard time separating sort of business from personal. Mm -hmm. And there, there were times where, you know, I think that I let my emotions and my personal sort of feelings get in the way of what was best for my company sometimes, never mm -hmm. for my clients, but for my company, you know, and there were times where probably hard decisions like letting, you know, staff go if, if, if the workload wasn't there, mm. for example, you mm -hmm. know, I struggled with that where I felt sort of a responsibility to keep people, to keep people going and, 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 you know, make sure their mortgages were paid and, and stuff like that, even at a time where our own company, you know, was was struggling to sort of keep their head above water just due to, you know, the ebbs and flows of every company and, you know, you know how many clients you do have a time or have at a time or not. And I think every company on the planet has been through those. And I think, yeah, like, you know, looking back, I do, I do believe I've learned some on that, but I think that I do have a really hard time uh, making decisions that that might be in the best interest of a company as like an entity over the decisions that I would make as a person sort of just wanting to make sure everyone's okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that is definitely an area that has sort of plagued me mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, at times, but at the same time, you know, I can look back and go, I don't, I don't regret anything on that front. You know, I would hate to have to look back and go, oh, I was, you know, really crappy boss or, or I didn't respect, you know, my employees or I, you know, didn't look out for, for the people that, you know, were part of my team. So there's that positive mm -hmm. um, to it. But, but yeah, so I think that, yeah, that separation of emotion and, and business is sometimes a bit of a challenge for me. Yeah. So how do you, how do you typically define success for yourself and for Beanstalk? Oh, that is an interesting question. Um, I would say, like, for me, it's, it's for, as a company, the success of, of Beanstalk, there, I guess there's two different sides to it. Mm -hmm. One is that I have clients that are happy mm -hmm. because they're it, you know, without them, I've got nothing. Um, and then the other side of that is that the company is profitable. 
Mm-hmm. you know, on a financial standpoint. And they do tend to, I guess, work together. Yep. <laughs> if sure. the clients are happy, then the company is profitable. So, yep. so yeah, from that, it, it, from a personal pr- perspective, um, I think for me, feeling success is, is honestly, like not to get too deep, but that, that is a struggle for mm-hmm. me. Um, I always do have sort of like, you know, that sort of not quite good enough mentality uh, when it comes to the way that I sort of view things so i that's that's something i'm working on mm-hmm. um but but i think you know having at least some l- small goals that you set for yourself and you're able to attain them those are sort of those little mini micro success moments i guess that's that's the stuff that i look for sure okay makes sense uh, let's talk mm-hmm. clients for a second um how do you typically decide, you know, say new clients coming to you, how do you decide if you want to work with them or, you know, maybe have you found ways to, to sort of figure out in advance, like, you know, there might just not be a good fit here. Like, um, I don't know. Have you learned anything about that over the years, you know, just to sort of go, okay, like, I don't want to do this just for the money. So <laughs> bye. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's gone both ways. You know, we've we've taken on projects and clients that paid way less than you know what we would typically charge just because mm-hmm. we were excited about it. You know, that's happened too. So okay. we've turned down big money. We've taken you know a pittance. <laughs> we've gone both <laughs> both ways. You know, with that. So um, yeah, there's. It, it, I always know when I, when I, when those initial emails come in, you can get a bit of a gut vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. You, in all honesty, you know, at this point in the game, most of our clients um, come in as referral, mm-hmm. and so usually there's already a connection. Okay. So we're lucky in that where it's you know so and so sent us and oh you know blah blah blah. So I can already go okay, we've already in a roundabout way formed a relationship you know, that makes me feel good about where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- there's some, you know, where people kind of almost expect like a mini audit as a proposal. And that always, you know, that can run me the wrong way a little bit sometimes where it's like, eh, I think you just kind of want to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, I used to give a lot more away in those initial communications than I do now because mm-hmm. that does happen sometimes. But um there are certain, you know, areas I would say that we won't work in and made a decision early on to not work in, um, even though there can be a lot of money in it. But uh, yeah, it's, it, there's, there are always going to be those clients that I get excited about, you yep. know, where, where those, I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I love. Um, interestingly, though, like, you know, my, my, I guess I call it my baby, my client that we've had almost the entirety of our company. Honestly, they've been with us almost the entire time. Um, They, I just, I absolutely adore working for them. And it's so funny because in the beginning I had no interest in, in their products at all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but over time I'm just like, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm more and more and more into it. And I'm becoming, it's funny as, you know, as a marketer, we all become these sort of quasi experts in the craziest stuff because we're working in areas that we never thought we would. So, um, yeah. Cool. I guess. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. very cool. Um, so we're talking clients, so I figured I'd give you a little chance to brag on yourself. Uh, do you have a favorite SEO campaign or a project that you've ever worked on uh, and what made it special? And, for this, you don't have to name the client. I know you're probably under some NDAs, but uh, 
Yeah, just if you can share yeah. any, anything that worked particularly well for you. Yeah, um, I would say that I've got a couple. Like one is that one that I was just talking about, you know, that I they pushed back really, really long and hard on the social front. Mm -hmm. And then finally, finally gave in. And um, we've been steadily growing their social following by about 4,000 people a month. And like mm -hmm. real, you know, real users, real people who want to engage, not like random, you know, increase your Facebook likes. Right. Um, and so that, you know, and, and people, I love, I love the, I love reading the reviews. Um, because so many people comment about how much they love the way that the that this company uh communicates with them that's one of the most common sort of hmm. aspects of of the positivity in the reviews and that makes me smile because that's me and i know that mm -hmm. <laughs> so they're they talk about how much they really love you know how friendly everyone is and how they feel heard when there's a you know a problem and how it, there's just always this really positive um community um, in in the the reviews, you know, of course, there's crappy reviews that get left to. There's always going to be those, but oh, sure. um, but yeah. So in that particular one, I feel really good about that because I can look at it and I go, that I know that the owner of that particular company um, is a really amazing person, and but because they're really overworked to be honest um sometimes communication with customers can be really tiring and hard to do from a non-emotional standpoint because they're so exhausted so sometimes they can feel a little bit like you know that snapback so um in building their social um following part of part of what we also did was work on the way that we engage and communicate you know in the messages and support tickets and all of that um and we've seen really a community grow out, grow out of it and mm -hmm. so that i love um and then the other one is a more recent client that we brought on um just beginning of this year and uh it's a big 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 sort of international client lots of uh lots of hurdles to jump in you know got to check with got to check with got to check with you know going down the chain every mm -hmm. time you make a change it's just a lot of you know sort of um obstacles i would say but even with all of that um thankfully sort of the direct person that i'm working with is really um keen to sort of you know get things moving along so they help me to sort of appease the powers that be to to to, to let me do what i want to do <laughs> and we've seen an immense uh uh return on um their their uh, social again this is is um on the social side dave's actually working on their um organic and also google paid but um i'm working on their facebook uh specifically and the growth that they've seen is just astronomical and and um you know they were they were paying goodness it was like you know a, over a dollar for per landing page oh, wow. before it, came in there. it was horrible and you know we're down to like you know seven cents you know per nice. landing page view so like i don't even know what that percentage is but like you know just amazingly yeah. like astronomical percentage increase in you know everything um mm -hmm. so it's funny because yeah just recently i had to put some reports together because they wanted to see if it was working you know it was very like i want to make sure that you know this is this is you know working for us and i'm like it's always so fun when you can just go like here you go yes it is and like there's not a 
ounce of room to sort of even question, you know, when your Facebook growth is up like a thousand percent or something. It's yep. like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so it's just, yeah. Um, that's always, you know, it's, it's, I love seeing, um, I think this is one of the reasons why I like social so much is I love, you can see it in real time happen. You know, you can see people leaving positive reviews. You can see people engaging with posts and commenting and being happy that they're part of your page. And, um, so that always, yeah, that makes me happy. I love to see that. Awesome. Uh, I also love to flip this question around and say, was there ever a client where things just did not go as planned? Um, and what oh. would you, what would you do differently knowing what you know now and what would that be? And again, you don't have to name the client, but it's just sort of a, this is like, yeah, a, yeah just like a fun question because people love to hear the horror stories. <laughs> the horror stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say that the, 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 there's one one client that comes to mind, and it was just a matter of um, they kept trying to do it on their own, mm-hmm. and they would they would leave and then come back and then leave and then come back and then leave and then come back, or they'd hire somebody who was like going to come in and do it for twenty bucks an hour, or it, it was just and every time they come back, you would literally be like not even just starting over, you'd be like ten steps behind because mm-hmm. you would have to undo whatever mess. was created Mm -hmm. in your absence so um we kept you know sort of going back in because it's like well they want to hire us so don't say no to the money you know and but we did finally actually the last time they came back we said no i was like Mm -hmm. i just can't do it anymore my heart can't take it anymore (laughs) so (laughs) that's not really i would do it differently but it was sort of one of those ongoing over years and years and years and they were really lovely people actually like Mm -hmm. you know really 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 lovely people but for whatever reason just i think that they were just trying to you know cut corners all the time and if they had just stayed the course yeah they would have they would have you know seen the results um and paid so much less and you know but every time yeah they'd leave to try and save a little bit of money then they'd come back and they'd have to repay all the money they already paid us to just get back to where we were so yeah yeah, that was a frustration one. Sounds sure. like it. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. And I forgot to mention this at the start, but um, we have you confirmed to be a speaker for the upcoming SEJE Summit, which is our 100% virtual uh, conference covering all things SEO, PPC, uh, content marketing, and social media. We've got you speaking on social media at the event. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you are too. Um, and I know we don't have that you know exactly what you're going to talk about nailed down yet because we're still working on the agenda but um yeah i don't know i'd just love to get your initial thoughts on you know how excited you are <laughs> uh i know you're be speaking with jay bear at the, at the event which would be awesome so yeah yep. i don't know i just would love to hear what you're thinking um you know do you know what you're going to talk about yet uh, any little teasers maybe you could give people um, I wish I could give you a teaser. However, I like I have some ideas, but I haven't actually formally spoken with anybody at SJ about right. <laughs> what they are. So I don't want to go, oh, I'm gonna talk about this and then you know yep. have a discussion with you all and then you go no sure. and then I'll go, oh oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I don't know. It, you know, I'm I'm gonna be talking social. I can say that, you know, 
we've talked about it in you know in this podcast already i i would love for some of what i talk about to include um sort of just the way that we communicate you know um with our with our followers um and you know that creating that sort of emotional and a connection with our brands and that sort of thing that would be a fun to include i'm not going to necessarily promise that that's going to be included but um but yeah, it's 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 gonna be fun. I've actually never done an e-summit before of any sort. So mm-hmm. um it'll be interesting to present from the comfort of my desk. Yeah. As opposed to on a stage. Yeah. No so, travel, no travel required, no nothing. No travel. Yeah. Although, you know, on that note, I gotta say it's funny because I do travel a lot with conferences and I was getting a little bit tired of it for mm-hmm. a bit there but i'm starting to be sad and starting to oh, move it again yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like oh man i was supposed to be at a advanced search summit actually today ah. uh, mm-hmm. but i am not so that's just how that goes it's it's my new real uh reality and i also am not going to mexico in may for my one week off a year so that's also sad that's also sad oh that's also sad but i am going to be at the e-summit virtual conference yes. so that's exciting it is, it is. <laughs> yeah i think it'll maybe be i'll just like i pull out a sun lamp and yeah make a mojito absolutely yeah you can get one of those yeah. fun backgrounds where it looks like you're in mexico for the <laughs> Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just have fun. like a little like, yeah, we do like, I don't know, something something fun about it. Yeah. Well, no idea. Ho- hopefully we'll get back to the place where we can travel soon and then you can get your trip yeah. hopefully later in the year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Who knows? Who knows though, yes. Uh, yeah, okay. So one other thing that you're involved with uh, at Search Engine Journal is of course our Friday Focus, our uh, you know, weekly series that we started in January of last year. And I still remember talking to you about this at PubCon Vegas in 2018. You know, we were just sort of thinking about, you know, because at, at that point we had lost, you know, a couple of people from our community. Lots of people mm-hmm. were sad, so we were thinking, how can we help? So um, that ultimately resulted in our weekly column we called Friday Focus. Um, so we launched that last January, uh, 2019. We've covered tons of topics uh, over the last, you know, however many months that is. You know, everything from imposter syndrome, grief, anxiety, depression, lots more stuff. So, yeah, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about why we chose to create the column, why you got involved, and just generally how you feel like it's been received so far. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I remember when you did bring it up and I thought that was a really cool idea and I'm really glad to be a part of it. Um, it, it yeah, it did. It stemmed out of sort of, you know, a chain of tragedies in our community. And, um, you know, it, I think that the straw that broke the camel's back was when um, Jordan passed away and, you know, he was a SEJ author. He's still got stuff up there. Jordan Castellar. Uh, yeah. Jordan Castellar. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I don't know, you know, it just, it, I'm still sort of like, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's anyway, it was really, it hit hard. It hit home. It hit really personal. And it just sort of, for me personally, in some of the communications that, you know, more that Dave had had with Jordan really recent to his passing, um, it made it painfully clear how hard it was for people to reach out for help mm-hmm. and to tell people what was happening. Yep. 
um, because that message wasn't there. There was, you know, there was a bit of asking for help, but not to the degree that anybody would have ever seen this coming. Right. And um, it was one of those, you know, if I had known, <laughs> I, oh my God, I would have done everything different. I would have, you know, like we were taking time on things that, that we didn't know there wasn't time for. And so I definitely had to feel or work through some guilt association, you know, with that. And this isn't like a big, I'm not gonna turn this into a merry session, you know, oh, <laughs> therapy sure. session, but, but for sure there was, you know, I, it was, it was painfully, painfully, painfully obvious that there, that there were too many people who didn't feel comfortable saying, I'm not at the top of my game. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing okay. I really need help. You know, and we're marketers, so it makes sense, right? Like we're all sort of supposed to look like we're great at what we do because mm -hmm. that's why people hire us. And I I just went like, oh my gosh, like it doesn't work though because we're not all great. We're not all always on the top of our game. We're not all always, you know, making millions or whatever. And right. it, so it just really like hit home that we needed to start talking. And we needed to be okay with that. And the only reason, the only way that that would happen is if we normalized it. Mm -hmm. Because nobody's going to be the one person who goes, oh, guys, I'm the one who can't handle life. Right. Um, it just, it's not comfortable. And I see that often, you know, with people in the community talking and, you know, where they'll have the guts to say a thing and then they'll even comment, go, oh, you know, I wish I didn't say that or maybe I should delete it or whatever. And it's like, no, please, for the love of God, do not, don't. Because when you do that, then it makes it okay for me to do that. So um, that was sort of, yeah, where I thought, you know, in talking with you that that the Friday focus column could be a part of that. It could be a part of, you know, search engine journal coming out and going, it's okay for us to talk about how we feel too, because we're all humans, you know, like, yes, we're focusing on what the latest, greatest tool is or what, you know, is the best way to game Google and what, you know, maybe happened in the update yesterday or whatever. And like, that's all our job. And so that's in part, an important part of it. But a lot of us work from home. A lot of us are, you know, solo sort of, some of us definitely work for larger agencies and that sort of the thing as well, where they might have, you know, some supports, some mental health supports and mm -hmm. HR or whatever, you know, um, but a lot of us don't have access to that, you know, and right. we're all experiencing that stress and we're all experiencing those fears and all of that. So I thought I totally agreed with, you know, your idea to, to have this column um, and to sort of encourage people to step out and go, here's areas I struggle in. And as you know, like we've really focused on not playing doctor we're not you know trying to tell people what they should do mm -hmm. um but rather give people a platform to sort of share that they're struggling yep. so that everyone else can go oh me too you know mm -hmm. and of course you know a lot of people want to and i've done it myself in the pieces i've written you want to share what you found that does help you know for your own self and then people are welcome to take that or leave it but um but yeah for for me i think and you know the whole purpose behind the column is really to normalize our realities which is that we struggle and it's okay yeah and that we're not alone in it yep absolutely so yeah yeah and one of the things that i've done on you know even through this podcast because i know obviously we only have so many places for 
or spaces for people to write. But, you know, it's one of my questions I, I try to ask people is like, you know, was there a time in your career when you were struggling and how did you deal with it? Because, you know, it, it is just a question of normalizing because everyone's gone through those tough times. So. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that including that is, is huge. And so I'm super grateful to you guys for providing this space. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I guess I should, you know, since I mentioned that question, I guess I should ask it of you to be fair now. <laughs> which was, um, care, which to share, was... Uh, care to share one of the times you were struggling in your career? <laughs> yeah. Although you I may think... have already shared it in one of your articles that you wrote. But... Yeah. I've, I don't know. Yeah. Like is career specific. I don't know if I've actually ever written that. I think, you know, I have an ongoing struggle in my career, I would say. And that is, I definitely have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I, I always struggle to feel like I deserve to be in the space that I'm in. You know, I don't feel every time I go on a stage, I'm like, Oh my God, like, why am I here? I feel like a kid playing and, you know, yeah. with the grownups. Oh yeah. So that's, it's just silly. It's like every time I get asked to speak or, you know, do a podcast or whatever. I'm just like, what? Really me? Like, why? Like, <laughs> isn't there, isn't there somebody better? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that's, that's, I, I, I'm incredibly jealous of the people who, who can sort of be in that space, um, comfortably and confidently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I still I still remember being at my first search conference and having that same feeling like I can't believe like, you know, people are looking to me for, you mm -hmm. know, to get questions answered. And I didn't know it was called imposter syndrome at that point. So it's just it's just kind of amazing how far we've come as an industry where we can like put names to things and go, oh, I have that, too. Um, but yeah, totally. And putting a name on something is so helpful. You know, yeah. I've said that to, to people a billion times. I, I, um, I have done a lot of work with cognitive behavioral therapy, um, personally, just to sort of work through the challenges that I have in my life. And, um, one of the sayings that one of the teachers of the classes that I did, um, often would say was if if you can name it you can tame it yeah and um i've brought that up in friday focus articles you know before and having a name to something is so helpful because then you know what you're addressing mm -hmm. and and then you can deal with it you know and and it dealing with it might just be acknowledging and accepting you know i acknowledge and accept that i have imposter syndrome and it is highly likely it's not going away mm -hmm. <laughs> but at least i can feel okay going yeah. i'm not crazy it just is part of who i am and um i think the first person who maybe touched on that subject on the friday focus column was uh blake denman yes blake. Pete's. Mm -hmm. yeah and um and it was really helpful and i think jerry knoff had mentioned it to me um in a message like a facebook message year a couple of years ago maybe and that was the first time i'd ever heard of it mm -hmm. um and I was like, oh, yeah. So having, you know, having community sort of share these things is massively important for all of us to be able to sort of figure ourselves out, I guess. Yeah. 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 And, and Jeremy had a great piece for the Friday Focus as well, where he was yeah. just talking all about his health struggles. Yeah. Um, and I really love like that's, you know, of all the articles that we've published, like his is one of the, the strongest because, you know, it was like I, the part that really resonated with me was like, you know, living 10 minutes at a time, which was like yep. kind of a really interesting way to think about 
um, you know, just how to deal with, you know, if you're struggling, don't focus on, yeah. you know, later in the day, tomorrow, next week, just, you know, just go 10 minutes until you're ready to deal with the bigger stuff. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's, it's all those little tiny, like, tricks that you can pick up that yep. can make, you know, the difference between being in a position where you don't think you can handle it anymore to mm -hmm. just, you know, getting through and getting to that point where you can maybe, you know, reach out for help or yeah. find a way, you know, to get through a day on your own, whatever it is. But um, yeah, I always find that the struggle is though, remembering all this stuff when you're in that zone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, Oh no. Right. I was like, I know, I know what to do here. I know what to do. I've said that today before when I'm having like a really bad day and I'm like, what are all the things I say I should do? <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. Yep. Yeah, but. Cool. All right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you have a favorite article that you've written? It could be Friday focus or just anywhere else. Um, maybe that like a piece that you've written that you're particularly proud of. Anything popped to mind? Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't write a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that is because I'm, a very, I rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. It's like really hard for me to like, yeah. It's funny because in high school and stuff, I wrote like crazy, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, for whatever reason, I find that I'm overly, judgmental and analytical of everything that I write. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't have a lot out there. Um, I think I mentioned it to you before. There's this hilarious, like really old piece that I wrote back in like, I think it was like 2005 or something. I can't remember when it was anyway, um, covering human testing. Okay. And it's funny. Like, I'm not saying go read it. I, I'm not saying that necessarily, but it does, it does hold up, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's kind of funny. It's, you know, it's kind of cool to be able to look back, um, so long in you know in my career ago okay that does that totally holds up like the stuff that you know i was sort of looking at and thinking about and, and um saying so you know 15 years ago or whatever it still holds value so that's kind of fun mm -hmm. but good. yeah i wouldn't say it's like a brilliant article <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough uh let's do a couple fun questions for you and to close this out uh if you weren't in search or marketing what profession would you love to be doing instead holy that's a hard question um <laughs> I, I would, I would, I guess I would say, you know, like if, 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 if I had a million bucks in the bank, what would I do is I guess sort of almost how I would look at it. Sure. Um, because I, what I would love to do wouldn't really necessarily make a lot of money, but I, I do love sort of community outreach type work. I, I volunteer, um, every Monday and have for like eight years at a street outreach, um, center here. And, you know, I was going in social work, specifically into the addictions um, work, you know, once upon a time. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, like my dream job would be to be like the philanthropist, to be able to just like get out there and, you know, get your hands dirty, get right into sort of the heart of, of the worlds of the people who are struggling and try and make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and especially really, like I'm really big into the sort of, uh, I guess the idea that if you can really advocate for really focus in, like pick a person, even, you know, if you can, if you can be the advocate, if you can be the help for one person, you can make such a huge difference. Um, you know, it's great to sort of think global and, you know, do a lot of um, work for 
you know, the, the world as a whole. But I think that um, for me, yeah, I would really focus in on sort of my local, um, the street community specifically. Mm -hmm. That would be the area that I would work in. Very nice. How about what's the best piece of SEO or professional advice that's been given to you and who gave it to you? Oh, that, I don't know. So many smart people out there. <laughs> um, you know, I think this is going to sound dorky and kind of romantic, uh, but it would be so quite simply, Dave, um, when I was first sort of jumping into the speaking gigs and, you know, becoming, I guess, more public and I was absolutely terrified. Um, he he gave me a little uh, business card holder thing, and it just says you've got this on it. Mm -hmm. And I look at that a lot, and it's just that it, it's not like this profound advice professionally, but it is. Mm -hmm. It's just that reminder of you are you are allowed to be here. You can do this. Like <laughs> so, yeah. Like it's. I feel like I, I should have something like, you know, a little bit bigger than that. But but yeah, for me, that is, um, I think that has shaped my career more than anything is just mm -hmm. this one little tiny reminder that I am capable. Mm -hmm. Nice. I like that. Yeah. All right. How about the worst piece of SEO advice that you've ever heard or still hear and <laughs> wish would just go away and you'd never hear it again? <laughs> I think it's, uh content is king oh yeah <laughs> i'm sick of content is king mm -hmm. uh i okay i and I, I say that you know delicately because a lot of really smart people have said that and there have been times where that is truthful mm -hmm. but the idea that we're just content building machines and the more content the better is just that drives me crazy mm -hmm. um Dwayne Forrester I hope he hears this because he's going to go oh my god are you serious <laughs> I I put this in like every like I've I've included it in articles I've included it in so many of my presentations um he said at state of search uh going back a few years back I don't want I, I maybe four years ago three years ago um, in his, he, he was, I think the closing keynote, if I remember correctly. And he said, content isn't King usefulness is King. And I quote him on that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the one thing that I keep hearing still a lot is like just content, content, content. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not it. It's, it's useful content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's not the worst piece of advice I've ever heard. I've heard some pretty sure. terrible things, but you know, like, but as far as like an ongoing sort of idea, yep. I think the fact that the idea that content on its own as just a thing um, being, you know, so important is, is off. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Yeah. And, and how about in your opinion, how can newcomers to the industry become successful? What is sort of the key to long-term success in our industry in your opinion? Um, 
being brave enough to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, don't like, don't try to pretend you know everything. Nobody is good at everything. Um, and I think that I see people try and, and I've done it myself, try and think that I should be good at everything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of newcomers come in and they're like, oh, I'm going to be good at everything. And it's like, just like, don't expect that of yourself and, and know that even the experts, like the keynotes at the conference that you paid, you know, thousands of dollars to get to don't know everything. And so just don't be nervous to ask questions, even if you think they sound dumb, because mm -hmm. we've all asked them. Everybody's asked them. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's the big thing is just be, just be humble and ask and learn from the people around you. Absolutely. Cause things are always changing too. Oh, totally. Yeah. All right. How about, uh, is there anything right now in SEO or marketing, uh, anywhere broadly that has you kind of excited? Anything that's really grabbed your interest lately? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say anything like specific, you know, like really lately. I just, I, the more we move into like AI driven anything, the more excited I am. Mm. I just, I, I just see more and more and more, you know, you can see the flaws and you can see the gains, you know, it, it, yeah. you can see where they screw up big time. And then you can see where, oh, that's really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm really sort of excited to see where we all end up in this, you know, there's such an increase in like voice search, for example, mm -hmm. um, which requires, you know, a very human response from a, from a, from a, um, you know, SERP sort of point of view, you, you, you're listening to people talk, you know, when they're asking questions, it's not the same as just this very keyword sort of driven search query. So mm. um, I'm really interested to see sort of the long term of what search becomes and, and how the algorithm algorithms change based on the fact that more and more and more and more searches are going moving into that very conversational style. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Cool. And how about what's next for Mary Davies? What's next for me? Yeah, what's hmm. next for you? I'm gonna have lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, can I talk about SEJ? Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, so one thing that I'm kind of excited about is um, like basically like brand new starting this this week, uh, I'm stepping into the role for uh, doing the social media management for SEJ. Woo, um, woo yeah, so that's super fun. I It's really fun to like be able to work with my conference buddies, really. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I get to like hang out with you all, you know, in, in a different space. Mm -hmm. So um yeah, it's I'm I'm excited to dig in. I haven't really had a chance to really get in there yet because it's been a lot of sort of figuring out who has the logins to everything right. um, <laughs> and getting myself sort of sorted in that in that uh, space. But now that you know, it looks like I think I'm in um, at this point. Yeah, I'm really excited to to get into um, learning more about who your audience is, you know, as a, outside of the people that I obviously already know. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's thousands of, of followers that I don't know who they are. So getting to learn who that audience is and also like my real big goal with, with taking on this position is to just build up that community. I want it to be a really fun space, uh, an entertaining space, um, a cool space for people, you know, to be a part of and um 
hopefully that goal is attained. So <laughs> keep keep watching and you know, hopefully don't judge. <laughs> no, but yeah, I I'm gonna that is what I love to do when it comes to social. It's really about, you know, increasing engagement, building audiences and having the right people there mm -hmm. um, to have those really, you know, good conversations and create a space. You know, you don't want to be at a party with like a bazillion different people who don't really like each other. So I'd really hope in that, yeah. <laughs> that, that we find, you know, that there, that, and I'm assuming that we will, that the community that's already there um, has a lot of room for, for even more and more people to come in and, you know, have, have that be built. So I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, baby, baby uh, early days here. I haven't really gotten that far in, but it'll be fun. Yep. Yep, and we're looking forward to that too. So awesome, well, and we're we're really uh, uh, excited to have you on. Well, all right, uh, I just had one last question for you. Um, just to remind people how uh, people can connect with you on social media or anywhere else online, and you know, also feel free to let people know if there's anything in particular you want uh, want them to check out. Yeah. Um, okay. I yeah. I I am at Beanstalk. Uh, on Twitter, and I often get tagged in things that aren't about me. Because uh, <laughs> there's, there's actually a, uh, a a really cool group in the UK um, called Beanstalk Reads, and it's like a program to help get kids like reading in the UK. But I often get tagged in their stuff, so it's kind of funny. Anyway, uh, that's not me, but I am at Beanstalk, and so it's if it's marketing related, it is me. Um, and then. What is my LinkedIn? You actually said it at the beginning. I, I am on LinkedIn. Yep. You can look me up on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, those are the two best places to sort of connect with me on um, on social. And obviously on our website, there's contact there as well. And it's beanstalkim.com. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. Did you uh -huh. ask me another question? No, that was it. Um, okay. And just to confirm, LinkedIn's Mary at beanstalkim. That's me. That's okay. you. Somebody's got to figure it out. You've got it. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, Mary, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, talking to us this has been a lot of fun. It has been great. Yes. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. So that does it for another edition of the Search Engine Journal Show. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Please tune in again next week for another great episode. New episodes drop every Thursday morning. Uh, if you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, now's, now's the perfect time to do it. Uh, you'll get more great interviews like this one every week. And if you want to follow Search Engine Journal on Twitter, we are at SE Journal. And uh, we can uh, easily find us on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Mr. Danny Goodwin. So long and thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm not Prince of Taurus. I'm not Danny Goodwin. And I'm not Lauren Baker. That's Greg Finn and Jess Budd, and I'm Christine Zernheld. If you listen to the Search Engine Journal show, we think you'll love our critically acclaimed SEJ network podcast, Marketing O'Clock. Join us every week as we report the latest SEO, PPC, and social media marketing news. This is a show for real-life marketers who want to do great work. And because we're IRL marketers too, we know you're talking about attribution, schema, and CPCs all day long. So we keep it light with plenty of spicy hot takes, puns and rants. Plus, we talk about what's working hard and what's hardly working in our accounts and share what news stories have us saying WTH every week. So if you're ready to become a better marketer, subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and listen to new episodes fresh for you each and every Friday morning. Only on the SEJ Network.